More lies about Donald Trump. The abortion issue rages. Bed, bath, and beyond stores are hot. Mayim Bilek is deeply offended. Ted Cruz takes on Elmo and more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 193 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, the world is still burning down. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. And I think the place we have to start is the fact that the media and the Democrats, more than anything else, believe it or not, are lying about Donald Trump. Now, if you were watching the news yesterday, which would be Tuesday, we're recording this show on Wednesday, June 29th. If you were watching any of the news programs yesterday or going through the usual news websites from Drudge to off the press to Fox to CNN, everything was, it was a bombshell. It was a bombshell. It was a bombshell. Trump was out of control on January 6th. He wanted to be taken to the Capitol. He was assaulting the Secret Service. He was grabbing the wheel of the limo. And this was all over the place. That's the story everybody saw yesterday. Now, today, the next day, as what happens a lot, more and more information starts to come out. And interestingly enough, in this case, there's even some of the mainstream that is catching on to this but the story as told through uh, fox news quote the explosive new allegations were made on tuesday by cassidy hutchinson a former top aide to trump white house chief of staff mark meadows following trump's speech at the ellipse he got into the presidential suv under the impression that he was going to be taken to the capitol then had a quote very strong very angry end quote, response when the head of the Secret Service detail, Bobby Engel, said they were going back to the White House. Quote, again, this is quoting Cassidy Hutchinson, quote, the president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now, end quote. This is what Hutchinson testified. Now, this was relaying what she was told Later in that day, January 6th, by another White House aide, Tony Ornato. Now, what I don't understand at this point is, where's Tony Ornato? And why is this January 6th committee allowing somebody to come out here and spew stuff that is hearsay? That is what somebody else told her happened. And then comes out, this is a game. This is a horrible game. This is nothing but more of the Trump witch hunt. And I don't know. I don't see any explanation. Granted, I didn't dig all that deep on this one, but I didn't see any explanation why the guy who originally said these things wasn't the one testifying instead of this woman who heard it from somebody else. But continuing on, this 
Cassidy Hutchinson says, quote, the president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm and said, quoting within the quote, sir, you need to take your hand off of the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. And the inner quote in end, the regular quote. Now, the interesting thing here is that come the next day, after all of these news organizations, including Fox, including Brett Baer, who seems to have a real problem with Donald Trump. I mean, it's great as a journalist, if you want to have a problem with somebody, but you still have to do your job. The opinion guys, well, they can rant and rave all day long, and that's what you're going to expect. But it's really important for people in order to form opinions that would be valid to have the proper information, to have factual information. And we just don't get that because this story all over the place, I guarantee you, if you follow news at all, you're well versed in what I just read for you. Now, here we are the next day. And it turns out that the head of the Secret Service detail that is being talked about here, Bobby Engel, and the lead agent, uh, he's the lead agent, and the guy that was driving the limo. So both the lead agent, Bobby Engel, and the limo driver are willing to testify under oath that that story you just heard was all a bunch of crap, was all lies, was not true. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. And it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I know there's some issue, a lot of Secret Service, you know, you don't want them on camera. I mean, they got Secret Service right in the name. So they're trying to figure out how this is all going to be handled. But it's possible we may get both of these gentlemen to testify. And the most interesting part about this, I guess, since we know that this is, again, the Trump witch hunt that the mainstream media has been more than happy to go on. We now have a lot more facts that the Democrats in the House doing nothing but going on the witch hunt. They don't mind if they lie. They don't mind if they put somebody up there to say things that they know are not true because they always assume that the media is going to go and lockstep behind them. And most of the time through this January 6th stuff and in other venues have done just that they've gone in lockstep they never question what uncle joe says they never question what auntie nancy says no nbc and abc in this case they're balking a little bit this is a quote from nbc news chief white house correspondent peter alexander uh late yesterday quote a source close to the secret service tells me both Bobby Angle, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine slash SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel, end quote. The ABC News quoting something similar to that. So it's interesting that the mainstream media not going along with this one. I mean, it was a big bombshell probably already did the damage that it needs to do because you have a lot more oomph 
to a story when people see it and get emotionally charged again. I know it seems like I've said this hundreds of times in this podcast, talking about emotional bias and how people can be easily manipulated if you get them emotionally involved, if you get them angry about something, it's way easier to convince them of things. And facts don't really matter. As long as emotions involve, facts don't really matter. And this seems, again, to be what the Democratic-run House is doing, going after Donald Trump, continuing to lie. I don't know why we're putting up somebody who will do nothing but give hearsay, which will become the headline story then only to be debunked nearly immediately. It's because they know the debunking doesn't matter. Most people have heard the first bit, and even with the debunking, they'll be like, oh, no, the Secret Service are obviously lying for Trump. And this is what you get in 2022 America. It's going to be interesting to follow this, but I don't know. There was a reason why the swamp needed to be drained. And there's a lot more draining to be done besides the Trump January 6th hearings going on. Of course, the abortion Roe versus Wade has happened since we last spoke to you. And the world has been melting down because people just don't understand the way the system works in the United States. They don't understand what a federalist system is. They do not understand that. We have 50 states that all work together, and the federal government part of that is only supposed to do certain things. It's supposed to be very hands-off when it comes to a lot of laws, and abortion seems to be one of those. Now, the Supreme Court, during their last ruling during Roe versus Wade, kind of mucked that up a little bit, but the states have the right to have different laws. And then you have the right to move out of that state if you don't like what's going on. And it's interesting to me that the most violent and the most energetic, energetic, I can't speak today, of these protests are in areas that are already very liberal states where abortion is still going on. At this point, Do you know how many states there are out there that are actually considering a full ban on abortions out of the 50? Do you know how many? Three. So, I mean, this is not exactly the issue that it's being made out to be. Lori Lightfoot went on stage at something. I don't even know what it was. If it was a pride rally or something like that and said F Clarence Thomas, which I mean, that's great. This is the way it's supposed to work, right? We're supposed to be united. We're supposed to be uh, working together. No, the mayor of Chicago, who has thousands of deaths on her head because violence in Chicago is out of control, especially since she took office. So I don't know if I would be wanting to be getting out there and casting the first stone, Mayor Lightfoot. But that's what these kind of folks do because they just want to get you riled up. They don't want you to look at their record. No. It was F. Clarence Thomas. And do you think we will stand idly by as they take away our rights? And uh, there's no rights being taken away here. 
You never had the right. Nancy Pelosi calling the Supreme Court extremist, which, you know, that's this is the Speaker of the House, calling the highest ranking judicial body in the land extremist. This can seriously cause damage to the fabric of the country. We have a system that was put into place with checks and balances, and the Supreme Court is a big part of that. The Supreme Court should not be politicized. It is, but it really should not be politicized. Nobody ever mentions anything about the three ultra-liberal judges that always vote on the liberal side. It's not like they're even looking at the law. They're completely buffoons and voting down the liberal line, regardless of law, regardless of precedent. We have twits out there like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is yelling about all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it's your job to make the laws. The Supreme Court, all they do is decide what is constitutional, what is not constitutional, what is legal, what is not legal. But you, Ms. Cortez, as a member of the House, you're the one responsible for making the laws. And just a few years ago, I mean, it was before AOC's time, but under Barack Obama, if you remember, if you can go way back to Obama and Biden, they also had control of the House and the Senate, which means if they really wanted to put the abortion thing into law, could have done it. Didn't. Did not do it. I haven't heard one of these liberal morons out there blame Barack Obama for this mess that they're in. But he had the chance. They had the chance at that point, the Democrats as a whole. Why they didn't do it? You'll have to ask him that. But there is, again, a great misunderstanding of how the system works with different laws in different states. Austin-based author Michael Malice tweeted out, quote, if the Supreme Court can repeal abortion from the Bill of Rights, there's no reason they can't repeal free speech as well, end quote. I mean, my brain is hurting. Mr. Malice, if you're out there, I mean, let me know where you think the word abortion or the abortion issue appeared in the Bill of Rights. And I don't think he's kidding. I think he seriously thinks that having an abortion was in the Bill of Rights and that it was removed. And this is the problem with trying to have a reasonable discussion, to have a valid debate about such issues with people on the other side is they have no idea how the system works. They just know what they want and they're going to cry and they're going to bitch and they're going to scream and they're going to burn your city down if they don't get what they want. They're already burning down abortion clinics. These people need to be put in jail, but we have liberal DAs who don't want to put anybody in jail. I know I've said it multiple times before, but the only way a nation that is based upon law and order can work is if there are repercussions if you break those laws. If there aren't, anarchy rules 
And that is what we have today. I mean, really, Michael Malice, if the Supreme Court can repeal abortion from the Bill of Rights, there's no reason they can't repeal free speech as well. Are you really, really that ignorant? Probably, probably is. And that is sad. Halsey, who I guess is a singer. I mean, I know I am the rock and roll pre-show guy. I know, but never have heard a Halsey song that I know of. But she was doing a concert in Arizona and started preaching the pro-life thing and said, you know, hey, people were, I guess, starting to show some displeasure because she said, hey, if you don't like it, then just get up and leave. And I guess a lot of people did. And that doesn't surprise me. It's happened quite a bit over the last 20, 30 years, I think, when some artists start going off on a political bent tangent that their fan base doesn't like. A lot of people go, you know what? Screw you. I don't need to sit here for this. I just came to hear you sing. And I have no problem with artists having an an opinion. I mean, that's what they're there for. But I also don't have a problem with people getting up and leaving and deciding they're not going to come to the concerts. You have to be able to understand your audience. And if you're going to have an opinion on something that is a hot button topic, I think it would behoove everybody to have that opinion in a way that doesn't alienate everybody else. But this is the problem with this country at this point. It's either you're with us or against us. And if you're not with us, then you should just get out. We want nothing to do with you. And that is a divisive thing. I'll say it for like the millionth time to research the weather underground and figure out why we are at this point with rich versus poor, police versus non-police, white versus black. It's all there. It's all there in the playbook of the guy who is a good comrade to Barack Obama. But the most interesting thing to me was just a random fan comment from the Halsey concert after a bunch of people got up and left because of her pro-life stance and whatever she was saying on stage that the fan tweeted out, quote, the amount of people who just walked out of the Halsey concert after Nightmare when she spoke about abortion was sickening. Right. So now to get up, to stand up and walk out of a concert to show your displeasure for killing babies, that's sickening that you would dare walk out of a concert because you don't like people killing babies. That part was sickening. You know, there has been a hashtag going on Twitter for the longest time, which is liberalism is a mental disorder or a mental disease or both. And I really think it is because I will never understand that this being the hill that you want to die on. and the conversation around abortion has changed greatly. It seems over the last 10 years where there used to be some kind of rational debate going on about where the start of life actually happened. And there's some people that will always believe it is the minute of conception. And there's a lot more who are like, well, you know, if you're going to have an abortion, just do it within the first two to four to six weeks, whatever it is. But the left wants to push for this until, you know, the day of 
the baby being born, if the umbilical cord is still attached, then you can still kill the baby because that's the woman's choice and nobody will ever on the left at this point have that conversation because they do not want to admit that there is another life involved. This is all about the woman. This is very narcissistic, but that is also a big part of our society at this point. Everything revolves around the one person. And yeah, let's just forget about the fact that there is another life involved here. We don't even want to talk about that anymore. And to me, that is the sickening part. To me, that is the issue that really needs to be talked about. The fact is the United States, especially California, Illinois, New York, some of the most liberal abortion laws in the world. You go to Europe. No, you don't get that. What's we used to want to be pointing to? We want to be more like those France and those liberal states in uh, Europe. No, they are way more restrictive on abortion because I guess they still have a little bit more respect for the sanctity of life, something that is missing in the United States and something that is obvious when you watch the news stories. Why do you have more school shootings? Because you don't value life. Why do you have all of this violence in Chicago? You don't value life. And people need to wake up and see that. And the abortion issue is a cornerstone of all of this. And I think the left has just really, really lost their way. Now, as far as Uncle Joe and the economy in the United States, thanks, Uncle Joe. There was a story I've saw in a few places that Bed Bath & Beyond turning down the air conditioning. And uh, yeah, I don't doubt this is happening. Bed Bath & Beyond claims they did not send anything out saying to do this, although I don't know how each individual store is treated as far as how they are rated with their expenses. I mean, I worked for a few big box stores in my day, and I remember over at Circuit City, God rest its soul, that the store manager was always worried about all the little costs that were going on. So I can see if your store is rated by, you know, how much profit you're bringing in and your electric bill is taking money out of that profit column. I could see the uh, store managers going, hey, turn that AC off, turn it way up because we just can't afford to pay it. Thanks to Uncle Joe and your electric bills going up, up and up. I can definitely see that happening, even if Bed Bath & Beyond is telling the truth that there was no corporate directive. I can see that being someplace that the individual stores would have decided that that cost was just a little bit too high because the cost of everything at this point has really gotten too high. There was a poll from Provident Bank based out of New Jersey, and I know polls You can take them or leave them. They maybe give you a little bit of an insight, which is why I bring this one up. But no poll is bulletproof. No poll is 100% accurate. But this one done by Provident Bank said that 83% of Americans right now are reporting cutting back on spending with 23% of them having made drastic changes to what they are currently spending on various things. So yeah, travel way down, which is probably good because the airline industry is in utter chaos at this point. 
which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They're like, oh, well, no, we just can't uh, hold up to the demand. It's like, well, you know, you set the route. So the airlines are lying just like everybody else. But people are spending less money on travel. They're not going out to as many movies. They're not going out to as many concerts, which is why I think you're seeing a lot more of artists playing much smaller venues because people just can't afford to go out and spend the money right now because they need to pay for their car payments. They need to pay for their mortgage. They need to pay for food. They need to pay for gas, which is all out of control. So when you have a lot less money to spend, what ends up happening is, of course, the people stop spending and the economy crashes even harder. This is why it's a very, very hard thing to get a handle of. And you can't really expect President Biden with his brain in mush to really understand it because the economy is like spinning a bunch of plates and juggling at the same time. And Joe, I just doesn't don't think has the ability to do so. And with everything going up in price, yeah, you still have to go buy your food, but people are buying way less things. And you start looking at ways to cut back that you maybe wouldn't have before. I mean, even here, we bought a pitcher to make some iced tea, sun tea, because it's like, you know, hey, I wasn't a big deal before all these prices start going up that you'd buy a bottle of iced tea for a couple of bucks. Well, now the iced tea is like three or four bucks and five tea bags cost like, you know, 20 cents and you can make your own iced tea just as easily. And these are all things that people are going to start cutting back on when they go out to a restaurant. And hey, maybe you go out, but then you don't need to get the appetizer or maybe you only get appetizers. You don't need to get a drink. And people start cutting back in all sorts of different ways, which ends up hurting the economy because spending is down and people have no money. I mean, even though the Biden administration's lying, like people are saving at a rate like never before. I mean, really, somebody should do drug tests on all those people that have said that. And I don't see this getting better anytime soon, at least not until the bleeding perhaps stops come November. But I guess we'll have to see. There's been a couple of other, I guess, kind of funny stories to me. I mean, it might not be funny to them. But I saw this on multiple sites as well, which I wasn't quite sure why this was as big of a deal that uh, Mayim Bilek, you know, Blossom also was uh, Amy Farrah Fowler over on the uh, Big Bang Theory show. Almost blanked there for a minute on the name of the show. But she was on a podcast and all of the clickbaity headlines, which all news does this, so I can't really even blame one at this point. But all of the clickbaity headlines were Mayam Bilek talks about the deeply insulting things fans tell her. And I'm like, okay, so this has to be something good, right? This has to be really insulting. Like, wow, what are they saying? And you look at the article and the main thing was, we don't prefer you to Ken Jennings. The guy that on the, uh, I guess they're splitting time on Jeopardy. I don't watch Jeopardy. My parents do religiously don't know why. I think it's a huge old waste of time, but I guess that uh, Mayim Bilek and Ken Jennings are splitting time, and I mean, it's kind of funny, I guess, if you run into a fan on the street and they're like, hey, yeah, I see you on Jeopardy. Yeah, but that other guy's better. I mean, why would you, one, why, why would you say that? 
but I also don't understand how that's like deeply insulting that somebody's like, hey, there's somebody better at your job than you are. I mean, people hear that all the time if you have a regular job. I mean, I hear that all the time as a podcaster. I mean, it's like, yeah, your show's okay, but let me tell you everybody else that I listen to that I think is really good. I mean, I don't know how that is highly offensive or deeply insulting unless, again, narcissism that you have the opinion that you're the very best at everything that you're doing and nobody could possibly be better. And maybe that's the case. I don't know. I do not quite have the talent on loan from God yet that Rush Limbaugh had, but I mean, I'm waiting and I would certainly accept. She also said, quote, and this was on a podcast, of course. She said, quote, like, I saw you in a magazine. I was very confused. You looked pretty, end quote. What? Okay, that I see would be way more insulting than the we don't prefer you to Ken Jennings, the other guy on Jeopardy. That one I see is a little more insulting that, hey, yeah, we saw you on the magazine. You actually look cute. What happened? I mean, that's a, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how you take that. I mean, there's no question about it. Like, oh, we weren't really expecting that, but they really must have done their work to pretty you up. You know, that that I can go along with. That was a little bit more mean. But the big story of the week was the battle going on now between Sesame Street and Senator Ted Cruz due to the fact that Sesame Street, which, of course, has gone all woke that are totally in on all of the vaccination stuff have gotten Elmo who's only supposed to be like three years old or something vaccinated. It's like, I don't know how Elmo's like only supposed to be three years old. Cause Elmo's been around. I mean, there's like a tickle me Elmo from like 30 years ago, it seems, but okay. Elmo never ages. I get it. He's like the Simpsons. They never age, but Sesame street. There's a video, which I'm assuming was part of a Sesame street show. I guess I shouldn't assume because we know what happens there, but the video is out there about a minute worth on social media as well with Elmo and his dad and Elmo just being such a brave boy who got vaccinated. And uh, Ted Cruz says in a tweet, thanks Sesame street for saying parents are allowed to have questions. You then have Elmo aggressively advocate for vaccinating children under five but you cite zero scientific evidence for this. And that's true. There is no scientific evidence at this point, except for the fact that the vaccines for that age group under five, and at least for very young children, I don't know if the study was exactly under five only, but I believe it was, said that the one they looked at the Pfizer and they looked at the Moderna because, I mean, God forbid, why would you want to look at the Johnson and Johnson one? But both of these were only showing to be like 25 to like 30 percent, keeping that amount of people from getting the COVID-19 infection. So why? Very few children actually died from COVID-19. I mean, it was just within a couple, two to 300, I believe, maybe four at the high end. And this is not something that overall children have a bad uh, result from, but the drugs uh, quite often are causing bad results in younger kids. So 
yeah, I think Ted Cruz has a point whether you like him or hate him. And I mean, I just feel I feel bad for Elmo because I don't think he really wanted to get vaccinated. We've had him on the show a few times and he's not a crazy guy. Elmo says they threatened my job. Oh, is that it? They were going to uh, throw you off of Sesame Street? Yeah, they said Elmo wouldn't be able to have any more cookies. And it was all because of Joe Biden. Well, you heard it here first. That is just not acceptable. I'm with Ted Cruz on this one. I'm not a fan of the entertainment industry in any way, shape, or form pushing stuff towards our children that parents may disagree with. This is activism. And at that point, you just stop watching the shows. You just stop paying the money for the products. You just stop giving them your attention. And then they go away, which is where they all need to go. People should just be able to put their kids in front of a television show. And sure, you want them to learn something, but you want them to be entertained. You do not want them to be preached to. You do not want them to have advocacy groups pushing their information on them. How about just a little entertainment? How about just a little bit of fun? How about that? Let kids be kids. Now, I hope what you want in your entertainment, you're getting here on the Random Thoughts podcast. We are a value for value podcast, which means we put these shows out there. They're not behind a paywall or anything. If you get any kind of value out of them whatsoever, it's up to you to put a number on that value. Go over to our website at randomthoughts.com slash donate. Click the donate button to use PayPal one time or monthly. Use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. Use the P.O. box if you want to go the snail mail route. And if you are listening on a podcasting 2.0 app, which if you're not, go to newpodcastapps.com to find out more. But if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 app, you can stream us Satoshis during the show and you can boost right now any number of Satoshis that you would like. It's all very much appreciated. And we do have two people to thank for today's show. First and foremost is a brand new donor, Sir Joshua, the historian, keeper of the historical record, coming in with $26.25 with the note that says, thanks for the great show, showing some value for value. And for those of you who may listen to the show and not listen to No Agenda, there are a lot of listeners to No Agenda, which is a great podcast that also listen to this show which is where a lot of these names come from, the sirs and the dames and all of that. So if you're unfamiliar with No Agenda, check that out. And thank you, Sir Joshua, for supporting this show and just giving me your time to listen. That is a big deal as well. And our buddy Chudakuki comes in with his monthly $15 via the snail mail, keeping Uncle Sam's children employed. Yeah, I know they're kind of privatized, but still keeping the post office going. It is very much appreciated that. You're supporting the show, helping us keep the sound sounding good. The microphones humming or not humming because that's when they sound better. Keeping the power on, keeping the air conditioning on, which is a big deal, unlike Bed Bath & Beyond. And also just want to thank everybody for listening to the show. I know there's a lot of things you can be doing with your time. It's an honor that you're hanging out with us, and I hope you enjoy the show. You can reach out to me, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L at Twitter. Also, Darren O'Neill at noagendasocial.com if you're on Mastodon. And you can email Darren at random thoughts. You know how to spell it by now, I hope. And uh, let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you hate. It's all good. 
With all that said, I will be back next Wednesday with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.